You're listening to The CX Show, conversations on customer experience presented by SailMove. Hi, I'm Julie Aronson, Marketing Manager at SailMove, and welcome to The CX Show, SailMove's podcast on customer experience. Today, our CEO, Dan McKaylee, sits down with Shannon Spotswood, President of RFG Advisory, a professionally managed hybrid RIA dedicated to supporting advisors and their clients' best intentions. In this episode, we'll talk to Shannon about RFG's digital transformation and how she helped build the client portal from the ground up. We'll also discuss how RFG sees the client portal as the next frontier for the customer advisor relationship. And finally, we'll talk to Shannon about what she believes the future of customer experience will look like. So without any further ado, here's Dan and Shannon. Welcome to another episode of the CX Show, Sale Moves podcast on customer experience. In each episode, we speak to a senior business leader whose role touches the customer experience, and we dive deep into specific projects or tactics that they've employed to improve it. Today, our guest is Shannon Spotswood. Shannon is the president of RFG Advisory, a professionally managed hybrid RIA dedicated to supporting advisors and their clients' best intentions. Now, with more than 20 years in the finance industry, Shannon puts her enthusiastic passion to work by developing the processes and technology to help RFG advisors and their clients succeed. Welcome, Shannon. Good morning, Dan. Thank you so much for having me. It's our pleasure. So I I gave a little bit of background here, but I'd love you to tell our listeners more about yourself, your background, and how you got into the role that you are currently holding. Absolutely. I am a lifelong lover of the financial markets and investing. Uh, The joke in my family is that when I was 14 years old, I asked for a subscription to the Wall Street Journal, which is uh, obviously the most obvious path to popularity in high school, wanting to talk about how to invest. But I, uh, I have always loved and, and been really fascinated by, by, uh, by Wall Street and by money and by investing. And, and I have followed that love throughout my career and have been very fortunate to, to hold several positions, both on the retail side where I am today at RFG Advisory and uh, more than 20 years on the institutional side of the business. I started, uh, after I graduated from college, I really had a front row seat in San Francisco on uh, Internet 1.0. So I I started at a hedge fund. I then moved over to an investment bank called Volpe Brown Whalen, and Volpe's logo was a T-Rex with an X through it. And our entire reason for getting up in the morning was to take technology companies public. So we took mm-hmm. Netscape public, which was the first internet IPO, and that really kicked off, you know, what is uh, today's Silicon Valley uh, ecosystem and, and, and technology industry. So being a part of that and that explosive trajectory was, um, was one of those uh, momentous uh, professional moves that you'll never forget. Um, from there, I went on to an inve- uh, a hedge fund called Symphony Asset Management, where I was very uh, lucky to have my dream job. I was a, a portfolio manager running one of their institutional investment strategies for six years, and all the companies I was investing in were located over in the UK and Europe. 
So I got to spend a lot of time doing business overseas and and really learning firsthand about uh, you know the institutional investment markets. I continued uh, with Symphony, and uh, we were acquired by a, a gigantic firm out of Chicago called Nuveen Investments, which is credited with inv- uh, basically inventing the municipal bond. And they gave me this opportunity to really build an entrepreneurial venture within Symphony where we took our hedge fund and our institutional investment process and we created investment strategies for retail investors. So it was the first time in my career that I really got to marry both this institutional experience with the what I'd call the you know the common customer or the retail side of of the business. And so that was you know this incredibly exciting 20 plus year long career in in San Francisco. And as I as I started I fell in love with the markets at a very young age and all of a sudden having, you know, checked so many boxes, having had this this seat on the front line of of the internet industry really being created, having been able to 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 be a portfolio manager, having helped to build in uh, in in Symphony this really dynamic uh, entrepreneurial venture. I all of a sudden woke up one day and I wasn't in love anymore with uh, with investing in the markets. And I took a three-year-long creative break from the industry and built a luxury children's clothing brand with my partner, really from the the ground floor up. So it was, you know, based in a garage, upside down boxes of of children's clothing and inventory. And uh, we turned that from that garage environment to what it is today, which is about 150 stores across the country carry the Busy Bees brand, and uh, we have this uh, tremendous e-commerce website that we built. And it's a really important chapter, especially in the context of talking about the, the customer experience, because finance can tend to be very linear in nature, and, and we're always looking at things through a P&L and oftentimes we forget about the human aspect of it. And it was because I really got to live and breathe branding and how the customer has an emotional reaction to, to the product that led me to, to RFG. So having run this luxury children's clothing company for three years, I, I not only gained this experience completely outside of what I ever would have run into had I stayed just along that trajectory working at hedge funds and investment banks, but I reignited my passion for the business. And I knew that the next thing I did, not only did it have to combine that explosive growth that you experience when you're really on the ground floor of building a company, but it had to marry it with this incredibly personal one-to-one, uh, one-to-one relationship. And, and that is what honestly led me to RFG and, and the current position that I'm in. That's, that's a great, so that, that's a great series of experiences that I think have culminated into your role and, and the unique projects that you're undertaking right now, which we'll, we'll get into in a few minutes here. What I wanted, what I was thinking as you were going through uh, those experiences was, you know, you're, you're sitting at a very interesting cross section of technology, finance, entrepreneurship, you know, especially with your creative sort of hiatus that you took there as well. 
tell, tell us a little bit about how has the customer experience played into these different positions that you've held? What are the commonalities that you saw between you know, the, the, the CX within the world of finance, within the world of technology, entrepreneurship? Are there any consistent themes that you observed? Any, anything that you want to highlight in terms of how you think about it now? I'd love to hear you know, throughout those experiences how the customer experience played into your different roles. Well, I think the key really, and it, it is almost symbolically represented with that T-Rex, T-Rex with the X through it, is about disruption. So whether, you know, and I think finance is probably one of the biggest offenders of just assuming that as it is, it will always be. And, uh, you know, especially when you're talking about the, the relationship of the financial advisor to their client, this, this idea of being a part of a company that really is actively embracing disruption and recognizing that what the client may be dreaming about today is what they're going to be demanding tomorrow. So how can you have the foresight to be able to move, you know, the chess pieces around the table so that your company and your value proposition and your product is not only going to resonate and connect and and develop that loyalty today, but is going to continue to evolve and meet that client need and really help the client get there. So this, this straddling of two worlds of I'm going to envision where the client is going to be, but I'm going to be able to serve their need today, I think to me is that is that intangible characteristic that you're referencing throughout the experience of working with, you know, different, whether it's with technology companies or retail companies or finance companies is, 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 is combined into that concept of how can you be a disruptor so that you're not the disrupted at the same time, bringing your customer along on that journey. Makes sense. And, and so how would you define then the customer experience? If you had to, if you had to articulate what it is that we're future-proofing for and what it is that we're serving today, what is the customer experience to you? What I think and what we're really focusing on at RFG is the hyper-personalization of the customer experience. So there is this, I think, almost, and, and it's almost subconscious where we're having a backlash to one size fits all. We have too much information now. We can just pick up our phone and we can get access to the most hyper-personalized, whether it's an item or an experience than we could have ever dreamed of. And I'll give you a very silly but relevant example. I had velvet dog collars made for my two dogs and I wanted them to have an engraved buckle on them that said their name and their phone number. And I was able to Google my way from this vision in my head to a woman making custom dog collars in St. Louis. And so it's a, it's a silly example, but I think it, 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 it exemplifies this idea of hyper-personalization. So whether it is selling clothing at, a, at a, a brand selling clothing or in the context of RFG, independent financial advisors working with clients to help manage their life goals and really reach those life goals. Each one of those clients wants to feel that their relationship is not only the most important to their advisor, 
but the advice that they're giving and the experience that they're having is hyper-relevant and hyper-personalized to where they are in their life. And I think that that really is the customer experience that is unfolding all around us in in lots of different industries. And it is certainly the the driving touchstone of everything that we're doing in terms of leveraging technologies and really equipping independent advisors to serve their clients. So would you say that, that ultimately the customer experience is the relationship that clients have with your business? Is it is it focused specifically on relationships? Is it the touch points? Uh, is it the interactions that they're having specifically and explicitly with folks at RFG and advisors in general? Kind of, if you had to put some definition around, because I love this concept of hyper-personalization and it's, it, I think it also ties to the customer uh, expectations that exist today. Everybody wants to be treated as an individual. Everybody believes that their needs are unique. And so that's the challenge that businesses face today. Boiling it back down to the customer experience, is that, uh, is, is that do we relate hyper-personalization to the relationships that we're creating, the interactions that are creating, the touch points? Now, how do you think about that within the experience that we're creating, the customer I think experience? you would have to uh, more expansively define the word relationship. So in our industry, when you talk about relationship, it will be narrowly like thought of in the context of a relationship is a financial advisor having a, an experience in person or over the phone or over a video conference uh, directly with the client. And I would say in terms of this hyper-personalization of a relationship, you have to expand the definition of relationship and really recognize the role that technology is going to play so that you are, you know, you are bringing up some really key words around touch point and uniqueness. So I would say that the, the relationship and the scope of that relationship now extends beyond just what is it like when I sit down with my financial advisor in their office to what is it like when I receive an email from them, when I receive a video communication from them, when I log into my client portal, when I schedule a meeting. So all of those things, you know, really the every single opportunity where you have the, a touch point with the client, you are extending your relationship. And the only way to do that and scale your business is to have this tremendous technology, you know, platform underpinning all of those efforts so that you can really concentrate on what is this person's need? How do they like to be communicated with? What is the information that they find most important? When can I deliver it to them when it's going to matter the most? And then you leverage the technology infrastructure around you to be able to deliver that because you're never going to be able to scale your business if that hyper-personalization really requires hand-to-hand -hand combat every single time. You've got to be able to, you know, and, and, and I think that that is one of the most exciting things about the development of the fintech space as it relates to retail wealth management is there's all this innovation around how do we make net worth statements more dynamic? How do we make financial planning more dynamic? How do we score uh, risk and people's appetite for risk in a more dynamic fashion? How do we communicate that? How do we deliver it? So being able to marry all of these different points together and then deliver it so that that relationship is no longer just 
we're playing golf together, we're having lunch together, we're meeting for our annual review. It really is the culmination of throughout the entire year, throughout the entire team, throughout the entire length of that relationship, really expanding the experience. You know, I really like what you said about meeting the customer needs. I think that the customer experience can be boiled down to how are we meeting each individual need that the customer has throughout the, their life cycle with the company. And I, and I think that that's a very interesting concept because it extends it beyond touch point and it focuses on customer centricity. We're talking about what it is that we need and how we're meeting them, meeting those needs. That's really what boils down to the customer experience. So I think that, that what you've covered and what you were just talking about in terms of how things were done before and how things are done now within retail wealth management is a perfect segue into the feature project for today. So uh, we're, we wanted to talk about how you've been re-architecting and rebuilding RFG from the ground up to be more customer centric and be more technologically focused. So maybe you can take us through, Shannon, exactly how is it that uh, retail wealth management was done in the past? Right. And how is it being how, how do you envision it being done uh, to meet the current expectations and to really maximize on the CX? I think everybody has a, a good understanding of how it's been done in the past because it's been portrayed in so many television shows and, and in so many movies where you have, you know, the financial advisor and their hair is slicked back and they go into a meeting with a, an attractive couple in their, you know, late 50s, early 60s, and there's a stack of paper in front of them and in this manila folder are kind of the magical answers to, uh, to all the questions they might have about their financial situation. And most of the dialogue will be uh, clouded, I would say, with industry jargon and, and words that sound very important. Um, and there's a concentration around uh, you know, performance in the account. And that is a you know, very broad brushstroke of what our industry looked like. Uh, it is certainly going through kind of a massive transformation right now. And I would say at the center point of that transformation is, you know, money is inherently personal and is a, a mechanism towards fulfilling your life goals. So there is this mind shift that I think is happening and is certainly embraced within RFG around helping to equip advisors so that they can serve their clients' life goals, as opposed to everything being kind of more historically, it was just, let's talk about your investment portfolio. Let's talk about your risk in your portfolio. Let's talk about the possible downside. You know, that it was, it was just this, this pre, almost a preoccupation with the nuts and bolts construction of your portfolio versus the, the, the shift in mindset to today where advisors are really wanting to be and are really playing a central role in working with clients to realize their goals or realize their dreams. And for RFG, it was a, a recognition, you know, about three years ago that our industry was in the midst of a, a disruptive cycle that we'd never really seen before. And it's a result of several factors converging at the same time. So you have the generational wealth transfer, you know, $30 trillion worth of money is going to change hands. You have the average age of a financial advisor who owns an RIA now is 
north of 60 years old. You have the advent of the robo-advisor. You have fee compression. You have all of this, this exciting technology being created in the fintech space. So you have this kind of unprecedented time of these factors coming together and recognizing that in you know, three years' time, five years' time, and certainly in 10 years' time, our industry is going to look nothing like it does today. The client is going to expect more. The independent advisor is going to want to deliver more. There's just there's going to be no room, quite honestly, for this antiquated way of we'll meet and I'll get you answers and we'll schedule a follow-up meeting. I mean, clients are going to expect advisors to have a more engaging and dynamic uh, relationship in real time with them. And so with that as really our jumping off point. You know, we like to say that we tore the house down of RFG. We loved the lot, but we recognized that we needed to build it from the ground floor up. And I really give a lot of credit to our founder, Bobby White, because he started RFG in 2003. And by the time that I joined three years ago, he'd already built the firm from nothing to $1.2 billion. And so for someone in his position, it would be very easy just to say, what has made me successful will continue to make me successful. And it was, you know, we really came together. I had this background of being able to experience these different entrepreneurial um, opportunities in San Francisco with, you know, a couple different hedge funds and an investment bank and growing the, the children's clothing company. And he recognized that there was this kind of moment in time that disruption was happening happening and we could you know we talked about this at the beginning we could either be disrupted or we could be the disruptor and that's exactly what we did so we tore the RFG house down we spent an entire year analyzing the industry really looking at what tech, where technology solutions were thinking about our advisors thinking about their clients thinking about what the future would look like and then we built it piece by piece recognizing that at the at the foundational core we had to have a fully integrated technology platform that would not only allow for an advisor to strip away all of the operational inefficiency out of their business, but equally as importantly, have a mechanism so that they would be able to have that one-to-one -one relationship with a client where the client felt really special and felt like they were at the center of this advisor's practice, but the advisor could actually manage and grow and be successful within the, the context of their own practice. Right. And I, so it's really interesting because I think that when you talk about the shift from sort of the nuts and bolts versus now the goals and objective planning focus approach that inherently is more customer centric, right? Because you're referring, you're, you're, you're talking about exactly what is the customer looking for and focusing all your efforts as an advisor to, to, to provide that, right? So that, it's so interesting because that inherently, that shift that you're talking about going from, you know, the, the generational wealth transfer, the average age of the advisor, uh, you know, and, and sort of the retirement of those folks and then the robo and all of that stuff is, is inherently pushing us towards a better customer experience. So it, it, with that as a foundation, I think I'd love to hear what, what, is, what does the future look like? What are you envisioning? So can you walk us through, you gave us sort of the past and what the, what the stereotypical conception of, of wealth advisory and, and retail wealth advisory was, was 
to all of us that have seen it on TV and in the movies. How about what it will look like in five years from the customer's perspective? Let's say that, that I am, you know, the same couple in their 50s walk, you know, is interested in in uh, in having in, in, in advisory. What, what happens at that point and how is it different? I think it is. Um, and I'm biased because I really came into the wealth management industry with this you know, this uh, this opportunity to be a part of this disruption. But I think it's honestly probably the most exciting time for the customers of financial advisors because this mindset of your financial life. For example, we built a, a client portal, a very robust client portal. We think this is going to be one of the most important tools in the advisor's toolkit is to be able to have an app on their client's phone, you know, they use their thumbprint or their facial recognition to get into their app. Not only are they, you know, checking all the boxes on what you would expect to find in that that client portal, your dynamic account values and your performance and your, you know, your realized gains and losses, all the things that are that, that are the requirements of uh, of a financial client experience. But we specifically named ours Fetch Financial Life Hub. Because I really believe that it is within the context of this hub that the client and the advisor are going to see a blurring of the line between a one-to-one in-person meeting and a one-to-one meeting in the client portal. So if the advisor is not only able to set up a vault for all the client documents in the portal, is able to deliver content, whether it's about the market performance or information that is more specific to that client, you know, just found out that the client is expecting their first child, helping them plan for college, or the client is two years away from retirement. Where are we based on all the goals that we've set over time? What are, you know, we're starting to think about that first trip we're planning whatever that 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 content is that is relevant to the client at their life stage that's getting delivered into the client portal and then you can really imagine like all right let's take it to the next step which is you know where quite honestly where where sale move is sitting in this exciting extension of the advisor experience with the client. So now you have this opportunity for co-browsing and video-enabled content right there in the client portal. So no more is it, let me call my assistant and, you know, call my advisor's assistant and schedule a meeting. Instead, I'm dynamically scheduling a meeting in a portal or I recognize that my advisor has designated these certain times that they're available for me to reach out and I'm going to pop open a a video co-browse and I'm going to have an instantaneous conversation with my advisor about like, I just have a quick question. You know, I'm thinking about buying a car or leasing a car and it's dynamic and it's real time and all of that information is captured in the portal and there's this this circular, you know, this circular experience happening where the advisor is anticipating the client need and as the client is expressing need, the advisor is meeting it. So you have this really nice symbiotic relationship that is being kind of freed up, if you will, because it's no longer put into this framework of, well, we'll discuss that at our next quarterly meeting, or we'll discuss that after you set up a time to get on my calendar. It's just like all of that; those barriers really go away, and you can have this 
much what I would call a much rich, much richer experience between the advisor and the client. And then you can think about like extending that to the next generation. So you might not want to share your net worth. You know, the parents might not want to share their net worth with their children, but they would certainly welcome the opportunity to have an in-person video conference where the financial advisor, the clients, the children are all talking about, here are all of your, your parents' important records. They're all stored here in the vault. We'll give you a password in order to be able to log in. So in the event that something happens to them, you'll have at your fingertips their medical directive or their will or whatever it is. So you can think about the advisor being able to extend not only the relationship with their primary client, but starting to really serve the next generation in a very meaningful and impactful way. Well, we appreciate the shout out there, Shannon, of course. And I, so I think that thinking about it from a, a just conceptually, this, this is, is what we're talking about, making, it, making the experience as frictionless and as in line with expectations as possible, as, as in line with sort of the technological expect, expectations that customers have today, sort of frictionless, and it fits my needs and it fits what I'm used to doing elsewhere outside of advisory. Is that how we think about it? Absolutely. And I think that advisors are recognizing that when they connect their passion with their business, like unbelievable things happen. So if you can strip away the friction and you can think about your client in terms of their life goals, I'll give you an example. We have an advisor uh, with us in Shreveport, Louisiana, and his wife runs a, a vegan restaurant. They're very big health advocates and do a lot uh, for the community and in and, and this what I'd call collective mind, body, wellness. So he's really incorporated into his financial advisory practice this idea of client wellness. So mm-hmm. when you're sitting down and you're talking about your life goals, it's not just about your investment portfolio. It's not just about your 401k. It's not just about your trust. It's about how are you going to live a richer, fuller life? So if you want to have as your goal every year we're going to take a walking tour uh, all over the world. Okay, are you in the peak um, health that you're going to need to be able to do that? What steps can we take to get there? And if you imagine having this dynamic portal where you can have that information delivered to the clients, you're, you're really blurring the lines and you're extending what the financial advisor is able to offer to their clients. So you go from advisor to really not just trusted resource, you're part of their team. You're part, you're a coach, you're a player on their team. And I think that that, you know, removing that friction, it's twofold. You've got to remove the friction from the relationship and you've got to strip away the operational inefficiency from the back end. And then the advisor is really living their best life and delivering that to the, uh, to their clients. And they become true to the name. They are truly a trusted advisor in, in, in adding value in any way that they can. Exactly. And so, you know, to, I think, very interesting shifts that are happening given the environment and exciting that there's technology that can, that can serve as the foundation to propel these sorts of initiatives and uh, that, that can propel these initiatives forward. Now, I, I want to wrap up our, our cover, a coverage of the, of the project by asking you one last question. What do you believe are going to be the challenges when it comes to 
instilling these changes. I mean, I, I think there's sort of the operational side of things where we're talking about the tools and tactics that folks are using, as well as the philosophical changes in the industry. But what do you perceive are going to be your biggest challenges in, in realizing this vision of the future? Execution, right? We can all sit here and fantasize about the future and recognize these tools that are being created within the fintech space to deliver greater value to the end client. But at the end of the day, if you don't have a team and you don't have a platform and you don't have a, a pathway to execution, all they are are just, you know, empty kind of promises of technology. And, you know, I think that that is one of the things that's such a big difference with, you know, models like RFG, where we're a, an RIA, we're a hybrid, where we've built this turnkey platform for independent advisors to plug in. We very consciously have put together the pieces of our technology solution so that if one piece of it is no longer meeting the advisor need, meeting the client need, you can pop it out and replace it with a solution that'll get it done. And all of that takes a tremendous laser focus uh, on, on execution. And so I think, you know, for advisors to really thrive and be successful in the midst of all this disruption, they have to have a partner that are that is really able to deliver each one of these critical pieces of supporting their practice, whether it's the technology, the investment management, the compliance, the business consulting, the marketing, the social media, all of those things are in and of themselves just these tremendous kind of mountains to scale. So whereas before, you know, advisors could kind of hang up their shingle and go out on their own and, 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 and get by with the client expectation ratcheting ever higher, I think that the, you know, the biggest challenge will be for advisors, it will be being aligned with a partner who can really deliver all of those back-end services so that they can focus on what they're really good at doing. And I think for firms like RFG, it is about you know our continuous ability to be able to execute and deliver this integrated ecosystem because you know we all have seen the best technology be implemented and never get used and never get really you know never find its way out of the CTO's office. So I think execution is uh, hands down the biggest challenge that is facing the realization of the, the hyper-personalization of the client experience. Well, I think to be honest, the, the, the fact that you recognize that puts you ahead of the game. So I commend you uh, for all of, your, all of your thinking and, 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 this, and the focus on disruption and on execution. I think that, as I said, puts you one step ahead and, and I, I'm sure you'll be successful. Now, I, I want to I wrap up today's conversation by asking one, one last question. Where, where do you draw inspiration from outside of your industry? Now, thinking about customer experiences that you particularly admire or have enjoyed yourself as a consumer or as a business person, where do you draw inspiration for a Stellar CX, in your opinion? That is, a, um, is, is such a great question. Um, you know, for me personally, like we all point to Starbucks as being, you know, the obvious of how can you create a customer experience selling a $5 coffee that costs, what, 50 cents? 
Um, so that that is a no-brainer. I'm also a, lux- a lover of luxury goods, as any uh, city girl should be. And I, I think about the, you know, looking at the, and, and we have the benefit of history there. So if you look at the Gucci's of the world and the Louis Vuittons and the Hermes and the auto companies, the Audis and the Mercedes, these are companies that have been able to sustain, you know, you know, decades, if not centuries of changing customer taste. And so I oftentimes, in terms of thinking about delivering service, we say RFG is a service company first, we're a technology company second, we're an RA third. To be a service company, what does that mean? And I think those luxury goods companies do a fantastic job of delivering an experience, of making you know the customer feel really special, of having a culture where you know your your team members are proud of the service that you're offering. And so for me, that you know that inspiration outside of our industry and all the great work that's being done is really looking to that luxury goods space and and how they how they continuously deliver an experience. I don't care how many handbags you have. There is nothing quite like that rush of walking into a well-curated store and seeing all these beautiful things and kind of dreaming about what, you know, what yours would be, whether you buy it or not. There is such a memorable experience there that for me, that's what I'm oftentimes thinking about. How do you take that uniqueness and that luxury and that wonderful feeling of being understood and translate that into a technology solution that is delivering to independent advisors the tools to serve their clients. Very true. And it, and it's, and I mean, I'm sure there's also a focus on the underlying uh, solutions itself, themselves and the products themselves, but bringing that together with a stellar experience is sort of the icing on the cake at the end of the day, right? So. Um, Absolutely. I mean, those companies wouldn't be luxury, iconic brands had they not had, you know, consistent delivery of quality. I mean, that is, you know, that is paramount to their success. Yep. I completely agree. Well, thank you so much, Shannon, for taking the time today to speak with us. It's very fascinating to hear how you're really reconceptualizing an industry here and what you're doing uh, to take RFG's digital transformation to the next level and beyond over the last three years, what you're doing today. And I really, I commend you for your, your focus on execution and your vision. I really enjoyed speaking with you today and, uh, and hope to, to have many more conversations with you again in the future. I would love that. Thank you so much, Dan. It was a real pleasure. All righty. And to all of you out there listening, keep making moves. You've been listening to The CX Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe via iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. For more information on how SailMove enables the world's top companies to deliver the in-person customer experience online, please visit sailmove.com.